Well, what's up, Cornhole fans? Welcome to another episode of Around the ACL. It is not Michelle Thompson. It, she uh-huh. is, you have way uglier people on the yes. show today. Unfortunately uh, for delivering, you. Delivering all of your Cornhole action, news, insight, analysis, all that. It is Trey Ryder, Anthony Ione, and Bernie Neighbors. Welcome mm-hmm. back to the show. Bernie. Yes. Yeah. Every time. You know what? Every time the, the 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 lead in music comes on, I'm ready to go, man. I want to hit somebody. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Our, our, our music time. is is so old and so tired on Borderline, man. We we've got to get some new some new uh, some new music because I'm I'm ready. I'm ready when I hear we'll that every eventually. time. We'll get there eventually. Like ours has been the same since we started. Apparently, ours is just much more like. In your face, oh. like I don't even think anything of it. I'm so used to it. But every time you come on, every time Jeff it comes bumps, on, man, like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> let's 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 make some magic happen. Let's do this. Uh, all right, Bernie. Weekends, good weekend. Any any? Uh, uh, you had some cornhole in your weekend. I did. I did. I went down, uh, helped out Johnsonville. They had a little event, little uh, charity cornhole challenge in Columbia for the University of South Carolina Florida football game. Uh, Dawn Staley. And one of her players, Zaya Cook, who was on one of her national championship teams, who's now with the L.A. Sparks and the WNBA, took on the freak Javon Curse and Titus O'Neal in a charity match. Best two out of three. It's a lot of fun, man. Got to sit there and MC that and, you know, do my thing. Act like an idiot for a couple hours. It was a lot of fun. The Gore boys were there. Angel Camarena was there helping out. So they uh, they gave some instruction. They actually did so well, I thought, the boys that – some of the members of the University of South Carolina women's team were there to watch their coach. And so when it was over, they all wanted to throw with Jake. The, 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 little, <laughs> the little man was getting all the love from the ladies. <laughs> Did Staley have the best skills out of all the celebs? Yes. She had you know, the best looking bag. Uh, oddly enough, Titus O'Neill, not a great looking bag from you know, our perspective. It wasn't a flat bag, but... When he had to hit a shot, man, he hit shots. It was pretty crazy. And he's, those guys are so big, dude. They are so big. Javon Curse has stayed in shape. Don't I mean, that is a big man. And Titus, I guess he's a wrestler now. The WWE, just titanic human beings, man. But they were, they were super nice guys. So I don't know if we throw it to Marlon, Super Bowl. Those guys were great. They were really, really good. Loved it. They put on a show. So it was awesome. Yeah, I love to see it. I love to see it. I got some good... Bernie got two thumbs up from Johnsonville, so so claps for Brady uh, for Brady for Bernie. Brady, here. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll take um, it. Uh, Anthony, Anthony, you were in a tuxedo. You were going mm-hmm. somewhere fancy. Yeah, <clears throat> did a did a wedding, uh, which you got coming up as well. Maybe maybe it's that time of year, these fall weddings and stuff. But yeah, just did a wedding. I'm not a dress up kind of guy. Um, I don't have any suits. I don't have any suits. I don't have anything really. You know, dressy b- besides some like jeans and some Jordans. So, getting into a getting into a bow tie was really weird. <laughs> Anthony, every young man should have at least one blazer and one suit. Anthony, I do have a lot of blazers <laughs> uh, because of the um, you know all of the uh, ESPN broadcasts, but no bottoms to match. <laughs> I love it. I love. It. Well, I was in uh, I was in uh, New Orleans for a bachelor party. And- yes. Anybody that's ever been to New Orleans, you go, well, that was fun. Like, Out of my league, uh, man. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Bourbon Street is an incredible place. And I'll just leave it at that. And uh, incredible can mean a lot of different things. That's Nobody got arrested? 
Nobody got arrested. It was like Mug? we Nope, we were all right. We spent the I spent I will say my favorite part of the weekend. I spent 10 hours in the same chair at the sports book watching college football. Oh, wow. okay. The best days of wow. the bachelor party I've ever had. That is you awesome. know what it's like? You get the boys together, everybody's on the same parlay. You're there for 10 hours. You, you literally cannot beat it. Oh, that's beat so it. good. So um, was that before right. or after dodging uh, gunshots? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. After. Okay. <laughs> the damn. Air- hey, look, Airbnb, don't uh, – this is a PSA. Never stayed in Airbnb. This is wow. Projected. Wow. Yeah. Come at, come at me, Airbnb. I'm putting this on my podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. Um, so let's roll into it. We have our second ACL Open event of the season, Des Moines, Iowa. <clears throat> It's not ACL Open number four. Yeah, it's number four it's, already. It's, it's I'm in shambles right now apparently because I'm running the show and Michelle's gone. So uh, sorry <laughs> guys, but it's ACL Open number two, the second of the year. We will be in Des Moines. Uh, women's, juniors, seniors, blind draw, and teams all happening Friday. We'll have doubles on Saturday as normal and singles on Sunday as normal. So we're getting getting into it. Season's starting to roll a little bit here. Our second open of the month. Anthony, I'll start with you. Um, you know, who are we, who we watching uh, to start off here, maybe in some singles action uh, this weekend in Des Moines? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe to start, it's not who we see in the field, but maybe who we don't see. That always kind of tells a good story as well, because then you have the opportunity for a lot of people to step up. And we're missing a lot of our top guys, you know, no Tony Smith, no Mark Richards, no Jamie Graham, no Alex and Alan Rawls, uh, who, who, who are both top players now uh, in this game. Caleb Batson, Devin Harbaugh, Fisher Hamilton. A lot of your top 10s all the way to top 12, 13 coming off of last season, not in the field. So I just want to kind of say there's an opportunity for these players who were always just outside of broadcast or just outside of, you know, championship matches, an opportunity to step up. Um, In doubles, I think there's a couple go-tos, you know, some players, some teams, that we think uh, are going to do really, really well next season. We're going to get another look at these, and this one's going to be a first look. We've got Jordan Power and Joe Neistead. Uh, We had Jordan Power and Jeremy Schirmerhorn at open number one. Now we're going to get our first look at what could be a power couple uh, coming into 2024. Certainly one of the best teams on Team Titan. So we're going to have both of those guys in the field. Teams that have already proven success who we would probably expect to win this thing. If we talk about favorites, we've got a Justin Burton Jr. And a Logan Chamberlain in the field. Um, Logan Chamberlain been watching him on some live feeds recently. He continues to get better. Uh, I think this kid's actually going to come in and be even better next year. uh, Who was just outside of top 10 Logan Chamberlain, maybe showing up on top 10 lists coming into the new season. We're going to get our first look at, I guess it would be our, no, I think it would be our first, no, it should be our second look, Matt Guy and Brett Guy. You know, another team that um, we expect to be strong this year. Are they going to be better than a Matt Guy and a Jamie Graham? I think that's to be determined. You know, um, skills-wise, they wouldn't be better, but do they work better together? There's a lot of history there with those two guys. Does that long-term history, uh, you know, going back to, When we first put this game on national TV, you know, we had a Matt guy and a Brett guy, but when they came into the league as rookies, you know, just the way the bag sponsorships worked out, the way that the partnerships worked out, they didn't come into the league in their rookie year 
as a doubles team, but here they are kind of coming back. It's like the band is back together kind of thing. How good are Matt Guy and Brett Guy going to be this season? Another new partnership that we're interested in seeing, uh, Philip Lopez and, and Steve Bernisette. I think two players that are looking to make names for themselves um, in doubles as well as singles. We had Bernisette who kind of slipped in there, won a national. We thought he was going to be the next greatest thing. Um, he just wasn't able to keep that consistency going, but we know he has the ability uh, to win nationals. Uh, and then Philip Lopez with a ton of experience in doubles in nationals at the top of the game, but still a really, really good singles player. And I think they play pretty similar games. You know, they're not going to be these roll guys and, you know, fancy cuts and doing all these things. They're down the middle. They have really good air mails. Um, and then they have the ability uh, to, to clean up. Um, so maybe Philip Lopez going to a faster model bag. Uh, you know, I know Steven Bernice that's going to want the fastest possible bag in his hand as possible. I remember one open, he was throwing the slick side of a 10 speed. So it's like, how do you slow that thing down? Um, maybe that plays better into a Philip Lopez game because we know he has that kind of front loaded um, bag. And I think a, a fast bag is going to keep it from cutting and it's going to be easier to push through. Um, Ryan Smith, Ryan Wienfeld, we expect to do well. Uh, the new the new partnership in Ryan Trader and Alex Hicks. We saw them make a really, really good at open number one. I'm just excited altogether to see these guys play um, two of the young youngsters and a young have to might, might be the youngest team in the league collectively when you put the ages together. Um, and then the new partnership in Ryan Windsor and Matthew Creek killer individually. They did really, really well. Um, obviously Windsor coming off of Hicks, Matthew Creek killer and Hicks, I believe finished the season identically last year, right around that same rank. So how does a Ryan Windsor and a Matthew Creek killer come into the new season really excited to see what they do and this is i believe this will be our first look at those guys um kind of moving to some some uh i don't know just just some what do we get from these players um brady foster and jimmy humans i know what i'm going to get out of a jimmy humans jimmy humans very consistent i don't expect him to be doing anything new coming into the 2024 season but brady foster i'm really excited to see what he does with the jimmy humans as a partner and in singles i think Possibly, you know, one of these youngsters that could come in and surprise us all. Um, he's got all the shots. He's a kid that has all the shots. Alec Ryan and Ethan Walker. I know what I'm going to get from Alec Ryan. <clears throat> really want to see this guy succeed more. We saw him kind of come into the beginning of last season. Thought he was going to be the next greatest thing. You know, talking about rookie of the year candidate, just kind of slipped off a little bit. Um, still a great player, but now alongside an Ethan Walker. So when we ta start talking about breakout players, um, if we look at a Tony Smith that went from number 49 to best in the, you know, MVP, Ethan Walker sitting right around 49, 47, somewhere in there. I think he might be, could be the next Tony Smith, a guy that goes from that, you know, high 40, 50 spot and trend deep into a top 10. Um, I think Ethan Walker could be one of those guys. <clears throat> How about Jeremy Frazier and Ian Cripps, um, a non-dedicated pro partnership team. Both trending up. Jeremy Frazier having a really good run with uh, with Cheyenne in doubles. I think Jeremy Frazier might be another one of those breakout players uh, that surprises us all. Maybe not the breakout player, but he could be a player in that mix, you know, like a four or a five. Man, so much to talk about. I'm excited to see what a, a Zach Shibner can do with a Hunter Thorne as a partner. Zach Shibner, if you remember from last season, didn't really expect anything from him. That was pretty vocal about that in the draft. Uh, but did pretty well as, as a, you know, coming into as a rookie, he didn't like blow into any top, 
you know, 20 spots or 30 spots, but he's still kind of comfortably around a, a qualifying, an auto qualifying pro. Uh, did pretty good now next to a Hunter Thorne. Can he bring his best game? We know what Hunter Thorne's going to give us. And then collectively, maybe we see them in a bracket final. I think they could be could be pretty tough. Um, and Ernest Cisneros, if I'm kind of going down the list of players I'm looking at, I really, I'm, I'm just curious. What are we going to get out of this guy? He came across um, my table at the showcase, the rookie showcase. So now I can kind of see what kind of game he has. I think he can bring something. Um, playing with a, a Ricky Gonzalez who does pretty well in doubles. He's a doubles guy. So I uh, don't expect these guys to, you know, make any bracket finals or even bottom three or four, but can they give a really good team a run for their money? You know, maybe a 21-17 loss or a 2018 loss and make it interesting. So uh, just something I'm looking out for. What do you think, Bernie? <laughs> uh, what you well, said. Real quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> Real quick, real quick. Bernie, I, I, I want to get your take. Ethan yeah. Walker has the potential to be the next Tony Smith. Quote from Anthony Ione. Thoughts on that first and foremost? I think I like what he's saying from a talent, arm talent, bag talent perspective. I don't know if his decision-making puts him in that category yet. Uh, I think he's obviously a highly talented kid. I, I don't know if he's... I don't know if he has the ability yet. He may have the ability to, to throw at the level that he can throw for an entire tournament. I think his top level, his ceiling is extraordinary. I think there are some valleys that he has to watch out for, and his decision-making can lead to some of those valleys. So if he can correct that, maybe I I think that's a little high of a reach, but uh, interesting. I Look, can we talk about Alan Rawls real quick, if we can just go back in time? The, the dude. Right. I mean, how he continues. Look, you want to talk bag talent. You want to talk arm talent. I don't think he's that guy. Right. I, I think right. if you if you lined up 20 ACL pros and you and you watch them all throw bags, I don't think you'd pick his throw out of that 20 is the guy that continues to win the guy that continues to put deep runs in, in, in nationals, obviously winning the open, a loaded open number one, but man, he continues to do it. So kudos to Alan Rawls. I, I felt like I had to send a shout his way. And then before we get back to anything else, Matt guy, I think another year, I think I was saying this last year, this time, a man that has something to prove Matt guy saying, I'm not dead yet, fellas. I'm still here. All right. Let me get, you like this analogy, Greg Maddox for Alan Rawls. Maybe, but man, did you ever watch Greg Maddox pitch? I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, he wasn't no, going to overpower you. No, I'm That's with you. He wasn't. He wasn't going to overpower you as a pitcher, but his stuff was nasty. I don't know if I would. I would classify Allen's stuff as nasty, but I like. I like where your head's at, though. Okay, so like, if you go the other direction, then is he like? This is getting really aggressive here. I'm not ready to say like the same level of consistency. Or would you view it more as like a Mariano Rivera? You got two pitches. Yeah, here it's it comes. Like, this is yeah. what you get. I mean, I'm, I'm literally. Yeah. Hey, I'm throwing <laughs> yeah. this. Like, yeah. Get ready Try and hit it. This this is all that's this is all you're going to see. Try to hit it. Yeah. 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 So okay, I, I so I was kind of going more for that. He's not going to blow you away with the fastball. No. But I get your side of it, where it was like he also was. I mean, every other pitch that he had, he was crafting. Right. I mean, yeah. he was, he was, he was, he was putting on a masterpiece, but uh, yeah, he's, he's that, maybe he's just that two pitch pitcher. It's just like, Hey, I'm just going to literally throw this. It works. I, I just, I wonder, like, I can't do the stat. I wonder if we could find out like what, 
what do his opponents throw against him? Right. I mean, and I guess we have DPR, but it's hard to do. But I mean, I would love to see. I I wonder if Alan Rawls is the beneficiary sometimes of not getting everyone's best game and he gets it in a row. And then all he has to throw really are two great games. Does that make any sense to you guys? Because yeah. because I don't yeah. I don't I mean, I, and I think it's his play style that kind of leans to that. It's like it's almost like a player that wants to make the game ugly. You know, you know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't want it to be pretty. And then all of a sudden you look up and he's he's in a bracket final. All of a sudden he's in a he's in an open final. All of a sudden he's won the scene. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got more to talk about Alan Rawls later. A little foreshadowing for later mm-hmm. in the show. So we'll talk about that. Bernie, any other players or teams or anybody that you got your eye on? Anybody you want to reiterate? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Logan and Justin starting out strong again, you know, came out of the blocks hot last season, win open number one and doubles. I I mean, it's it's tough to say if I'm looking for anyone outside of what Anthony said, because I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think when you look at the guy pairing, you know, I, I agree with Anthony. If you're looking at talent for talent, it's not the same as Guy and Graham, but the comfortability, the way that those two guys, I think, I think when you have players of that talent that have, I mean, it's not just a chip. I think it's a boulder on their shoulder they want want to prove this season. I, I think that speaks volumes to what they want to do and, and, and the kind of impetus they have to have a good season. Um, I, I, I like I like the Bernicet, uh Philip Lopez Jr. comments. I really do. I, I think Philip Lopez Jr. is another player that is going to have a huge chip on his shoulder with something to prove that I, you know, it wasn't all Mark Richards all the time and getting a player like Steven Bernicet, who, you know what you're going to get with Steven, right? You know exactly what you're going to get. So I, I'm interested to see how Philip handles the transition into that partnership this season. So I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's only open number two, you know, and I, and, and I think Anthony also hit the nail on the head. It's not as loaded as open number one, so here's a chance, right? If, if you're some of these other guys, uh, you know, who, who's Jeremy Frazier playing with, Ian Cripps? Yeah. Yes. Right, uh, right, right. So, like, you don't have to roll through five teams right. to, to win a tournament like this. You, you only need to beat one or two, probably, of the elite, elite-level teams to get to the finals. So, I think that's a team to keep an eye on. I, I really like them as a pairing. So, it, I mean, it, here's your chance. Here's your chance if you're some of the the uh, middle-of-the-road ACL pros. You're not going to have to win five, six games against elite, elite, elite-level talent. Here's a chance. Here's a chance to really, to really put some points on the board in the open season. Yeah, uh, well, one, one, only one more I'll add. Well, you already briefly mentioned it, Anthony, but – uh, Joe Neistat and Jordan Power, I have a high level of expectation yeah. for. Uh, Jordan Power just played really well with Jeremy Shermerhorn. Joe Neistat played really well with Jeremy Shermerhorn last year. Jordan Power, you know, shootout champion. Joe Neistat, top 10 player. To me, like, anything less than top five for this team coming into this Open is a disappointment for me. I mean, they if there's four brackets, they need to win a bracket. And I, that's just my personal opinion of what my expectation level is on those guys. So, We'll get into that. Um, all right, let's jump into some news around the league. We'll start with uh, the latest trade that come that just came through, came through this morning. We'll get your reactions on this. Uh, the Carolina Coasters are trading away Daniela Luna to the Kentucky Colonels 
in exchange for Lori Duell. The Coasters took up Miranda Coy in the draft, and I think there was a lot of surprise when they didn't take Lori Duell as well, but they actually go and trade for her. So Coy and Duell reunited on the Coasters. They're back on the Coasters for the second straight season, and Danielle Luna is off to the Colonels. Any reaction from there, Bernie, on, on that trade from the Colonels and Coasters? I feel like that trade comes down to one shot, and I can't remember what matchup it was with the Coasters where Miranda Coy and Lori Dorr were, were playing in a match, and it was a, it was a, a very important match in one of their team matchups. And was it, was it Miranda that hit just a yeah. massive shot to win that game? And it's yeah. almost as if that shot is the reason that trade was made, right? Yeah. Because like yeah. they, they, they now know. Yeah, they, they know that the Coasters, you know, group knows that these girls, when put under that pressure, can perform. So, I mean, I, I think that almost that one bag led to this trade. Yeah. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, talent-wise, this is super, super close. I think you got to give the nod to Lori Duell. Um, she did win a, sh a shootout qualifier last year, slightly ranked higher. I mean, you're talking about two players that are outside of 200, but – I think the difference in this is that you're sending Lori Duell to her partner, Miranda Coy, and then that makes a natural partnership. So I think it kind of does give the edge uh, to the Coasters. And they're a team that, hey, if, if the Coasters are looking at them and saying, hey, we need you to win this match, you know, our 14, 15, 13, 14 number in our roster, we need you to beat their yeah. 13, 14. Or they could get hot and actually beat like a four five or a six seven mm -hmm. and, and pull out a big win for their team. So I think I think the nod goes to the coasters because of that match because of that absolutely. All right, looking at some uh conference results from around the weekend that both the Southeast Conference and the Midwest Conference had uh conference events going on. So in the Southeast Conference, here he is again. Alan Rawls <laughs> wins singles at the Southeast Conference. We had Fisher Hamilton we had Cheyenne Bubenheim, Blaine Rozier, um, you know, Ethan Walker recently just moved there. I mean, it's like it's an absolutely outrageous loaded conference. So Alan Rawls wins it there in doubles. Ethan Walker moves to Florida. He's in the Southeast Conference now. He pairs with Fisher Hamilton. That almost seems unfair. Ethan Walker and Fisher Hamilton get the win there in doubles. Then over into the Midwest Conference. And uh, Alex Hicks has dominated the Midwest Conference for a number of years. He's won so many of them, but it was a different under-18 player that wins it this time. And we did have a sweet Ryan Trader wins singles and doubles. In doubles, he wins alongside Matthew Troxel. So, uh, Bernie, any any thoughts and reactions from the Southeast or Midwest Conference event results? Sure. Alan Rawls, I mean, I would say winning a Southeast Conference event is like taking down some of the lesser opens. If you think about I it, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have some opens that just aren't that deep and winning the Southeast conference with as loaded as that, that conference is, that's, that's, a, that's, that's essentially the same as winning in, in one of those opens. So Alan Rawls doing what he did. Ryan Trader getting to the Midwest. I think Ryan Trader's that dude. I think you know, I, I, I think he's got a, a mental fortitude that might put him. I mean, is he the best U18 in the Midwest conference? I mean, he, he won he won that event, but I mean, I think going forward, is he? I mean, I know Anthony's a huge Alex Hicks fan, so am I, but Ryan Trader just has a different feel about him, like a, I don't want to say aura, that sounds kind of cheesy, but there's just something about the way he carries himself that I think he loves, he loves being in the fray, if that makes any yeah, sense. He's certainly more of an emotional player, which can be 
than than Hicks is. Hicks is very reserved and mm-hmm. Trader's a little bit more outward with his intensity. A little bit. I'm not saying he's yeah. over the top, but I think that can that can help. Um, it can hurt a little bit, but it can help. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see how he, you know, how he wears that badge. I mean, he played really, really well. Won his bracket at this first open, so maybe no reason he can't do it again. Anthony, any thoughts on Southeast Midwest? Yeah, first thought is let's compare those two conferences. Uh, Midwest <laughs> winning a Midwest versus Southeast. Hey, Ryan Trader. Okay, congratulations. I pat on the back, but Alan Rawls taking a win out of the Southeast. You guys already discussed how tough that is. So definitely, um, definitely much more that I was going to say much more huge. That does not make sense, but much huger, <laughs> much more of much a big deal. Um, yeah. Much more <laughs> huge. huge. Um, dude. Yeah. That Southeast conference is packed, but while you guys were talking, I just pulled this up for fun. Cause I was like, well, then who did, who did Ryan trader have to go through? And it actually reminded me because I watched some matches this weekend as they popped up. Many people might not know that Ryan trader has a brother, Mason trader. Mason mm-hmm. trader is no joke. He might not be a pro right now, but he is pro caliber. He takes Ryan trader down to take the King seat. So Mason trader sitting in the King seat, but it's the brother that comes up and get him. Uh, and I was just like, where did Alex Hicks? Who else was in the field? Ryan Trader did get Alex Hicks in the winner's side, 29 to two. Uh, and then Hicks fell down. He made a little bit run and then ran into Crabtree who got him 22 to 20. So that's where, where Alex Hicks finished off. But yeah, I just wanted to make the point. You got trip breaker going deep, but it's Mason Trader, his brother, who's an extremely talented player as well. Not currently a pro, but watch out for that kid maybe in the future. Yeah, watch out for him in the future, certainly. All right, let's start talking about some team stuff, okay? So teams, teams, teams. Um, We're going to go through, and over the next few weeks, we're going to go through all of the different regions. And Anthony and I have put together our, our, our grades, right? And I, and I don't know how you want to take it. I'll let you explain how you approached your methodology. But I wanted to give these roster grades instead of necessarily draft grades because, in a sense, the captains got to draft their roster from their previous year. And then, in addition to that, got to draft some people. So, in certain instances, personally, I won't speak for you, Anthony, I brought some people a little bit higher grade because of who they brought back, right? Um, so I added that as well, but I'll let Anthony qualify that. And then Bernie, once you hear both of ours, I want to hear your thoughts on agree, disagree. Just, just say agree. something, will you? Just just say something up there in the corner. Well, I mean, I, I you're last minute. I didn't. Ex- do you have I, I grades? No, I do not. No, I do okay. not. I mean, I, I, I kind of, kind of, but not really. No, all right, well, no. We'll th- this is you. this is all you guys. This is all you guys. I just had to throw my little two cents in right there. All right, so let's start with the Virginia Cutters. And for the sake of the conversation, let's just first go through who is on that roster to begin with, and then Anthony will jump over to you. So the Virginia Cutters, Captain Justin Stranger, they keep Logan Chamberlain, Leston Allen, Dakota Salee, and Michael Dingus. Now they had another one that they traded away in Ryan Wienfeld. In return, I mean, and then in they draft, they go Jacob Gore, Sammy Soto, Felix Vargas, Jonathan Etheridge, Travis Graven, Josh Glover, Lexi Hugeback, Matt Raymond, Nate Gallup, Desiree McCoy. Anthony, thoughts and grades on the Virginia Cutters? Yeah, so I did it as a whole as well. Not necessarily draft grades, but just looking at the roster as they are right now. That's kind of what I base my grade on. Um, We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Just worth noting, the Cutters are the youngest team in the league. 
with an average age of 27. Is that good? I think so. If you look at the top 14, the top 14 finishers from last season, not one player was over 30. This will blow your mind a little bit. The average age of the top 14 players in the league last year was 22. Mm. Um, wow. Mark Richards and Alan Rawls were the oldest players. Yeah. They were 26 at the time the season ended. That's pretty insane. Um, so the youngest team. Um, they're the heaviest American South invested in rookies. So they have five rookies. If you look at the other American South, sliders have zero. Freeze have one. Coasters have one. They have five. So let's look at those rookies. They pulled a Sammy Soto. He was number two in the showcase. We know what he's capable of doing. He's a Texas breed. He's playing with players like Chamberlain, Burton Jr., Cano, these kind of guys consistently. And he knows how to win with experience on broadcast. Big, big pickup for them. Uh, Jonathan Etheridge, another rookie coming out. He was fifth in the showcase. He came out of the pro qualifier and putting a lot of weight in this guy. He's performing in showcases and he's coming out of qualifiers. Two big check marks, if you will. Um, Matt Raymond, you mentioned, um, this guy's a grinder. He's going to, he's going to put a lot of rounds in. he's going to play a lot. He might not be the best talent, but he is out there putting the work in. Uh, he actually has the most rounds played on that team period. Um, and then Nate Gallup came out of the, uh, out of the qualifier. So just kind of looking at some of those rookies, I think a pretty strong rookie, um, a group coming into that team. If we look at the 10 pros that they have, uh, they have a Gore and a Chamberlain. Not very many teams can say they have two top 16 players on their team. They are one of those teams that could do that. Those two guys are going to be the muscle, I think, carrying that team. But if we look collectively, if we look collectively at the pros, it's not as strong. We're looking, if we average the entire uh, pros, all the pros on that team, and we average their singles finishes last season, they're in the bottom 25% of all the teams on average. So, I'm looking at the rookies are pretty strong compared to the rest of the teams. The pros on that team, not as strong. So you have two players carrying most of the weight. I went with a grade of a B minus for that one. Anthony, you and I have the exact same grade. I went B oh, we do. as well. Um, but for me, I was also looking at improvement. I think this was a, a D plus C minus team by the end of last season. Uh, one that didn't perform well. They were able to completely flip their roster in a positive way. And I kind of like what they did. For them to go all the way up to a B minus, I saw improvement. The trade, the Ryan Wiedenfeld trade, where they send Ryan Wiedenfeld and a third round pick to the cutters in order for that second round pick. At first, I didn't like it. I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit because I got a Sammy Soto, right, in, re in return for it. Do I feel like Sammy Soto is going to be the uh, better than Ryan Wiedenfeld um, and a third-round pick? The answer is it's going to be close, but at the same time, I've added top-level talent, which is what I think they were missing last year. The Cutters put a really good job of putting a team together last year. They were missing bottom-level depth, which is what hurt them. Uh, sorry, no, they were able to put it together a team that was deep but they didn't have that top-level talent at the very top in order to carry the team that they really, really needed because Wiedenfeld didn't play as well last year as we thought he would. I ultimately go with a B-. minus. Um, I didn't like Vargas. I thought it was too early. They go with Vargas in their second-round pick. I thought there were better players available. I did like Josh Glover late, though, so I'm giving them a B-. minus. Any thoughts on the, on the cutters, Bernie? You know, it, it was one of those teams where I felt like they seemed so interested early. 
the trades. It seemed like they were so invested over at their table early on in the draft. I mean, you you mentioned a Josh Clubber late, but I feel like that's like I feel like they kind of let the draft get away from them late. And so they ended up like I felt like, oh man, look at this. The cutters are making moves. They're doing like they're it looks like they're trying to completely flip, put it on their head, like what last season was. And it's almost as if it kind of got away from them as the draft went on. And I mean, I, uh, you know, I just, I mean, I, you guys with a B minus, I, I, I can't argue that. I, I think when you look at the depth of this team, I wouldn't say it's as deep as you'd want. I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to be competitive, you know, in some matches with, with, with their top level talent. But I think when we get deep, I think they're going to struggle. So, I mean, I think B minus is pretty accurate from you guys. On to the Carolina Coasters, Anthony. Uh, thoughts on the Coasters? Oh, let me go through their team really quick. So mm-hmm. the Coasters, uh, they bring back Jamie Graham, Trevor Brooks, Eric Davis, and Berkeley Pear and Chad Hunt. Um, they trade away Derek King and get Frank Maudlin as well. And then we just talked about the trade for Lori Duell. Um, so they have Chad Hunt, Frank Maudlin, Tommy Slyker, Austin Slowbomb, Ben Brown, Cameron Holland, James Baldwin, Caleb Avery, Miranda Coy, Allison Springer, formerly Peters, and then Lori Duell. Anthony, thoughts on the coasters? I'm going to talk kind of fast because I know we got a lot to get through. Uh, Carolina coasters, they are stacked with experience, right? They got legends like Graham, Maudlin, Baldwin, Brooks. But does that matter? Let me remind you the stat before that four, the top 14 players were the average of 22 age. Not a whole lot of legends in that. So I don't think that that matters as much. Uh, strong regionality. You got 12 of the 15 players out of Virginia in the Carolinas. The only three players not in that little cluster of region. You got Miranda Coy and Lori Duell out of Florida. Ben Brown out of Kentucky. But I like the national partnerships. They've got a Graham Modlin who are committed pro partners. They've got a Brooks pair who have a long history of success as partners. And they got a Coy dual uh, committed pro partners. And I think there's some in there that just makes sense stylistically that'll match up really well for them. Um, but statistically, not so good. Uh, collectively, this team has a negative DPR. Timeout. If you have a negative DPR, that means you are losing games. So they need, they need to figure out what's going on there. Back of the pack in PPR. Um, they're uh, in singles rankings. They're extremely poor. If you look at all of their pros that are returning, they're ranked 136th on average. It is the worst in the, in the, uh, in the, um, what conference is this? The American South American, American South, South. Thank you. The worst in that American South. And that's heavily carried. That poor rating is heavily carried by Allison, uh, Peter Springer, at 226, Cameron Holland, 214, Lori Duell, 202. So you have three players already outside of 200. James Baldwin, now we know he's going to do better in doubles, finished 175, and we can even take Brooks out of the mix. Let's take Brooks out of the mix, who we knew went through his suspension. His ranking, ranking was poor. Take him out. They're still 14 out of 16 in pro singles ranking. So they're at the back of the pack. Their one rookie though, Tommy Slyker, he comes out of the open qualifier, which shows commitment and strength. I think that's good for a rookie pickup, but Trey C plus. We're, we're on the same page, Anthony. I got C plus as well for what? the Carolina coasters. So, <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't like the trade for Frank Rodden. The more I thought this about is your it, team, right? Yeah, no, well, I'm a no, no, you were, you New England sports yeah. fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Coasters guy. You were the Coasters I'm, I'm, guy. I'm the Coasters guy, yeah. I didn't like the trade for Maudlin. I liked the trade for Lori Duell. I thought Slyker might have been available in the next round, to be honest with you. I felt To me, it felt like, yes, he's a great player, 
But I think they wanted to say, I want this guy, so I'm going to take him early to make sure nobody else gets him. I thought it was a little bit of a reach there. Um, And I think this is the most volatile team as far as highest of highs, lowest of lows. Trevor Brooks, technically still on probation from a suspension. We got to take that into consideration. Eric Davis, shootout champion, 2023, not great. Berkeley pair, been up here, been down here. Chad Hunt yeah. started this year up here, ended down here. Even Frank Maudlin, we've seen him win opens. We've seen yeah. him win shootouts. We've seen him play terribly. Ben Brown, okay, wins an open yes. bracket at the yes. beginning of last yes. year, has to play in the pro qualifier by the end of the year. James Baldwin, world champion, has his worst year of his career this past year. To me, I just see way too much volatility. And for that reason, I give him a C plus. Bernie. This to me looks like, by the way, speaking of Ben Brown, I mean, Ben Brown's a couple of bags from not qualifying. I mean, that was, it, it came down one to bag. one. He's well, yeah, one, one bag, I mean, and, but I like the way he fought. I mean, I think it showed something. Yeah. I mean, those, those bags had an enormous amount of pressure and he was throwing great under that kind of pressure. But this looks like a team to me that if it makes the playoffs, that's all they're doing. And I'm a Coasters fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard Coasters fan. I just don't... Th- I don't see this team having the ability to win when it comes down to championship level. So, I mean, I, I can't disagree with your grades on them. I mean, I, I, I want more. I mean, the top end's great. And I think you're talking about some names. Anthony, like you said, there's some legendary names in there. I just don't – if I take my emotion out of it, I don't see this team being able to get past first round of playoffs. Bernie, even Bernie's hard on them. Let's go over to the Georgia Sliders. Georgia Sliders – Captain by Noah Wooten, they bring back Cameron Belvin, Ryan Smith, Bobby Hunt, Terry Mathis, and Duncan Clemmer. They trade and acquire Ryan Wiedenfeld and Josh Holland. They round things out with Trey Hunt, Tice Cobb, Cody Johnson, Gabe Dolan, Andy Noyes, Jerry Lockwood, and Katie Matthews. Anthony, grade for the sliders. C minus. C minus. Uh, dead last in PPR and DPR. Dead last in rounds played. They're not playing as much collectively as a team. You look at the entire roster. The entire roster is returning pros, but only nine of them came out of the auto qual. That is the worst percent out of all the teams, which means a lot of their pros are getting in via weaker qualification methods, application, women-only quals, conferences. So uh, collectively, as a pro squad, pretty weak on the uh, on the qualification methods. Their best singles finisher from last season, Terry Mathis at 27. Remember, there are other teams that have two players who are, there's teams out there that have two players in the top 10, multiple teams that have two players in the top 20. They have one player who's inside 30 at 27. Um, and then the they only have one player inside 50, which was Mathis. Now you've got Ryan Smith, Ryan Wiedenfield, who are trending up. They finished 60 and 80th, and I think they bring a lot to doubles. I think they're going to bring more to doubles than singles. I think these boys are going to have to carry the team along with Wooten stepping up his game and Clemmer stepping up his game to help carry this team, C-minus. We have our biggest discrepancy yet. What? I go go B-plus Georgia Sliders, a huge huge gap difference. And I am doing something that you are not doing. I am banking on the results in singles of last season for a number of these players was wrong, Mm -hmm. okay? okay, in regards to where we end up. I say no, Wooten is not the 100 in whatever ranked player. I'm saying Ryan Wiedenfeld is not the 90th ranked player. I'm saying Josh Holland is not 
the 70th ranked player. I'm saying Duncan Clemmer is better than where he finished. I'm saying Ryan Smith is better than where he finished. Add it all up collectively. I think the trades really helped this team. They added depth. And I think if here's what I love. You have four natural chemistry partnerships. You have Duncan Clemmer and Josh Holland who are playing this season together. No Wooten and Cameron Belvin. If they want to play together, they have obviously a ton of um, they have a ton of, of, of um, chemistry there. Then I have uh, Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld, their natural partners. And then I'd even argue, I mean, you have Bobby Hunt and Trey Hunt who could play together or even Trey Hunt and Tice Cobb who are very close. I like them better. What do you think, Bernie? I'm a little bit more towards Trey on this one. I, I, I think Ooh. sometimes I, I think we can get caught up in the numbers. I don't think last season was representative of about four or five of these players. I just Josh Holland is better than that. Plain and simple. Josh Holland is simply better. I thought that trade was pretty big to get Josh Holland. Now, I think you need a focus, Josh Holland. I think if I'm one of the if I'm the captain, if I'm Noah Wooten, I need to make sure that he's focused and wants to play. I mean, I there, there's still some times and I watch players play in teams like, oh well, whatever. Right? What no big deal. Whatever. I think you need players like Josh Holland to step up. I, I, I B plus, maybe not that high, but I, but I think B B would be a quality grade for that draft. I mean, I, but I, I'm with Trey on this one. I think I think they're better than the sum of their parts, and I think who they were last year. Some of these players are just Noah Wooten's better than where he finished. Plain and simple. I mean, and, and he and he has to. He knows it. He's fully aware he has to play better, and I think he will. On to our last and final team, the Florida Freeze, captained by Alex Rawls. They bring back Cheyenne Bubenheim, Chris Kingsbury, Jeremy Frazier, and Blaine Rozier. They trade to acquire the pick of Matthew Sorrells. They trade to acquire Alan Rawls. They also get Blake Karnick, Andrew Labrador, Dave Sutton, PJ Knott, Nate Long, Curtis Haddix, and Wendy Selmeyer. Anthony, thoughts on the Freeze? This team is stupid. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely stacked. This team is the definition of tough. Uh, you're going to have 13 returning pros, one rookie. Um, those including Alex Rawls and Alan Rawls. So here gives you a team with two top 10 players on it. They have the highest pro singles rankings collectively out of out of uh, all the pros in the American South. Uh, with other top 50 finishers like Cheyenne Bubenheim, Chris Kingsbury, Blaine Rozier, Jeremy Frazier. A ton of top 50 finishers on one team. And we know Kingsbury... Rozier and Frazier are all showing trending up, so they're only going to be better, I think, by the time the season starts. 10 out of the 14 players qualified on their own via auto qualifiers. They didn't need, you know, opens or uh, pro qualifiers or conferences or women's only quals. Didn't need them. This tells me that they have a really strong pro presence. Uh, and then we have one who's a returning pro. He was not in those stats yet because he's not coming off of last season. Matthew Sorrell's who's an auto qual talent, uh, in my opinion, uh, and he came through the pro qualifier gauntlet, which is the toughest qualification method, I think, in my, uh, that I think, along with PJ Knott uh, is the other rookie who came through the pro qualifier. Overall, uh, a ton of strength on this one. A plus. I got to give this one the best score. You go A plus, I go A. They have the best returning roster. I think they lost a little bit of value. I think they're a little bit high on Matthew Sorrells. They traded away Ryan Hart for Matthew Sorrells in, in reality, right? I'm good they with that. Their first round pick to me, Ryan Hart shows a little bit uh, more consistency that I like to see there. Haven't Sorrell see, seen Sorrells play at that high level in a couple of years. Uh, Karnick 
in like the third round. Are you kidding me? The guy has been so <laughs> consistent. They steal him. And then they get Curtis Haddix, who made it all the way to the bracket final. They're like the second to last pick in the draft. Like <laughs> this team crazy. only has four. This team only has fourteen on the roster. They're gonna have to pick up some elite players. And you tell me, I get to dip into the elite pool in Florida? Oh yeah, this team Good is call. illegal. Illegal. Good call, Bernie. Thoughts. Uh, there's really not much I can add to that. You guys are right. I thought they were a great team that maybe underachieved a little bit last season, if you if you can believe that. And here they are again. I mean, I, are they the favorites? I mean, would you agree with that? Is this team the favorite going in, or at least one of the two or three top teams going into this season? That leads us great into buy or sell. <laughs> number one, Bernie, I'll start with you. Number, We'll start with number three. The Florida Freeze have the best roster. It's arguable. I, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I mean, I, 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 I'm with it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll buy the freeze. It's the best roster. Look at that. You like that transition there, Bernie? You like that? I do. That's a great segue. <laughs> Way to make that segue work. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, the Florida freeze had the best roster, buy or sell? I'm going to buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy as well. I think I think they're far and away. I gave them an A. You gave them an A+. Plus. Unless you're giving somebody else an A+, plus, you've got to agree with me. Now we're kind of touching on some things we also talked about already, Bernie. Going mm-hmm. back. Number one. Ryan Trader has surpassed Alex Hicks as the young king of the Midwest. Wow. <laughs> can I, uh, man. No, no, can I, buy can or sell. You can, I phone a, can I phone a friend? Uh, let's see. I, it's so early. It's so early. I, I think he's that dude, though. I think he's that dude, but it's so early. I'm going to have to sell but I've got him on the phone to buy. How, how, how does that play? Does that work? I mean, I still think Alex, I still think Alex has the experience. I think, I still think he's going to have something to say about all of that. I still, Ryan is that dude though. I'm, I'm going to sell, but he's on the phone to buy. Anthony. Selling too soon. It's too soon. Yeah. Right? Hicks was the, the the 16th best player on the planet two years ago, back to back top 25 years, had a blowout double season last year. The dude won like 97 local events in a row. I mean, as soon mm-hmm. as Trader can do that, then maybe. But, hey, Trader's a heck of a player. I'm not going to take that away from him, but I'm still giving that to Alex Hicks right now. So, Alan Rawls is a top five player in the world, Anthony. Buying it. I am not sleeping on Alan Rawls anymore. I'm buying it. And I like it, and I'm good with it. Bernie. Top five? I'm going to sell. Top five? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy the, what the man continues to do, but top five at the end of the year, I've got to sell it. He went I'm through going, the MVP in the last I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just over. Florida Conference. It, it's, I know. I mean, are, are you asking right this second or yes. for the season? Right this second. Right this yes, second. yes. I'll buy it. If it's right this second, absolutely. All right. Uh Last one. Let one know. Two more, real quick. A Midwest player defends their home turf in Iowa. Anthony, who do we got? Is that Weedenfield, right. Trader Hicks? Yeah, those are the those are the big ones that you're yep. that you're looking for, pretty much. I got to sell. I mean, look, we got JBJ, Neistead, Hunter Thorne, Trey Birchfield, Ryan Windsor, Matthew Creek Killer, Matt Guy, Jordan Power, Logan Chamberlain, just to name a few. Uh, sell, Bernie. 
I'm going to sell as well, but is, is Iowa close enough to give Great Lakes some love there? I mean, isn't that the, like right? You're on the border with Great you're Lakes. Close. Right? You're close. However, what's up conference. with the injuries? Hunter Thorne got a broken ankle. There's like four or five other players walking around in these with casts on their arm. I mean, what's <laughs> been happening? What is going on? But I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that as well. All right, last one. Michelle listens to our podcast this week in Cabo. No way. Sell. She's wow, sucking down Ernie. margaritas. Wow, I don't know, man. I think she's gonna find a way to listen. <laughs> I'm buying. I, I think I'm gonna. She's gonna find. She's gonna find a way. I she's think gonna, so. I'm gonna. They, find no, they both. They're both cornhole heads, man. They're they're going to find a way to listen to this show. And uh, yeah. All right. Uh, hot takes. Hot takes. On to hot takes. Anthony. Hot take for the week. No team. I'm gonna go to the teams event. No team won 60 games last season. I think the highest was 58, 59. Uh, my hot take, Florida Freeze wins 70 games next season. Woo! 70 of 105. That's like a 66% winning percentage. I think they got it. Bernie. It's a terrible hot take, but I think Logan Chamberlain and Justin Burton Jr. win back-to-back opens. Oh, that's Hey, look, any calling call a winner is it's hot. I'm going to stay also open. I'm going to go winner. There's a new king in the Midwest, Ryan Trader. Wow, oh, there it is. Wins it. it down. Wins it. Wow. Puts the crown on his head. Wow, that is a hot take. Champion. That's scalding. What? my hot take. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Trey Ryder, Anthony Ione, and Bernie Neighbor saying so long and around the ACL.